have been in interviews after 10 minutes of talking, I stop, I stop asking questions. Hey man, this much time. I, just be sitting there. I don't want somebody that doesn't trust themselves on my team. How I'm gonna trust you if you don't trust you. If I'm sitting in an interview and I'm watching this person scowl, like they can't stand me and they don't know whether or not they wanna work with me, why would I hire you? Ain't no way, ain't no way, ain't no way. You feel sorry for yourself? Your problems cannot come over here and be my problems. I am not going to inherit a problem child at the entrance. You showing me exactly who you are. Dr. Maya Angelou said, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. You showing me who you are right now. When you're sitting in the room trying to determine whether or not they like you, my question is, do you like you? You're trying to say, I want them to get to know me. Do you know you? That's the work. Y'all working on the wrong thing. You got a photo shoot. You got a branding kit. You got your makeup done, your nails, your hair. You have put no investment, time, energy, or money into how you see yourself. The only people who get angry when I call black women angry are angry black women. Period. I said it. All I'm doing is saying, sis, ma'am, your anger is destroying your peace, destroying your health, messing up your money and your relationships. I don't care what they did to you. That's all I'm saying. All right, all right, all right. Welcome everyone to Why She's Winning. I'm your host, Christy Rutherford. And today we're going to be talking about why can't you get past the interviews? What's happening with these interviews where they're not calling you back? I can't remember what I called it. <laughs> Somebody type in the chat and told me what I tell me what I titled this thing, but why can't you get past the interviews? Why aren't they calling you back? And here's the thing. Y'all can ask me questions at the end. We're going to go for about 45 minutes. And um, y'all know what to do. I don't think y'all know what y'all are doing wrong. You don't know what not to do is the thing, right? So I had a lady who got in my inbox the other day. And I don't know if y'all saw my post where she was saying that she was, you know, well, y'all didn't read the whole thing, but she was saying that she was overqualified and she couldn't figure out why she couldn't get a, you know, why nobody was calling her back and she's applying for all these jobs and she's qualified and she was doing very well in the interviews and she can't figure out what she's doing wrong. And she said, you know, my time is running out. I got kids. I got bills to pay. I got all these things. And I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And I said, you're overqualified. If people keep telling you, ladies, that you're overqualified, you're overqualified. <laughs> right? Like, I got three points I want to make, but I want to start this off. It's like, if you keep getting told that you're overqualified, you're overqualified. Go two levels up. You're not searching for the right job in the right position. And what they're not going to do is bring a lioness in the room around a bunch of sheep and then create a toxic work environment, which has happened again and again and again. And so they're like, you're overqualified. And instead of saying, oh, okay, I'm shopping at the bottom of the barrel. I should go higher. She gets offended and then becomes a victim like a lot of women. So I said, go two levels up. And she's like, well, my time is running out. And I said, um, and then she wrote, well, you know, y'all gonna love this. Well, you know, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Black woman, powerful, and 
educated. They're intimidated. No. <laughs> that ain't the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room is why is this global leader of a black woman with multiple degrees desperate? Mm. Hello? Why is a black woman with, I mean, a scroll of experience that can help this company solve a multitude of problems? Why is she desperate? Why is the queen acting like a begging peasant? Why does the queen have out a tin cup? That's the confusion. That's the elephant in the room. They're clear on who they are. Are you aware of who you are? And of course she got mad and we went back and forth and then she figured out I was trying to like give her real advice. And that's okay. So I hope she's watching. Because I was like, sister, I'm not trying to cross you and I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm trying to make you aware of how great you are. Are you aware of how great you are? Because if you knew how great you were, you would shake the dust from your feet, go two levels up and get the job that you deserve. So let's talk about it. All right. I got three points. I couldn't make them clean. Whew. Number one, are y'all ready? <laughs> I called it. Uh, all right, we'll just stick with this one. When you come into the room, number one, coming into the room. Are you aware of how great you are? Or are you afraid? Are you looking for them to tell you how great you are? Are you even aware of the woman and connected with the woman who's on the resume? Because a lot of y'all are walking around with a resume full of value, but then you come into the room and act like you like have nothing. You want them to tell you where you fit in their organization. No, you're looking for them to tell you your value. No, you're waiting for them to see whether or not they like you. You're not even considering whether or not you like them. You're waiting for them to see whether or not your performance is good enough, not even aware of you being in the room. You're already qualified. So I wrote a book a couple of years ago to, to teach veterans how to get jobs. And that's when I was doing research on this stuff. And it's like for every one job opening, and this was back in 2012 when the market was crazy too, it's like there are 200 people that apply for every job that's open. 50% of those are spit out with the electronic resume thing. Then, you know, the hiring manager is going to look at it and flip through some. Then they're going to do the phone interview. If you get the phone interview, you're qualified. So I think 13 to 15 get a phone interview. You're qualified. They just want to see how you talk, if you're crazy, and how you're going to, what is your etiquette? Are you going to be late? You're going to have dogs barking in the background? Like what they're trying to figure out in that short screening, how are you showing up? Do you sound like a scaredy cat? I don't know. They're just trying to figure it out. When you get to the official interview, ladies and gentlemen, I know I got some men watching, but when you get to the interview, whether it's in person or virtual, they just trying to figure out whether or not they like you. You're already qualified. You don't have to be doing no song and dance. You don't have to be tap dancing. You don't have to prove yourself. You don't have to be the smartest person in the room. They already know that you're qualified. That's how you got there. 
So a lot of times you think that when I get to the interview, now I got to perform. No, you just got to be yourself. They just trying to figure out whether or not they like you. Period. Does this person fit into our culture? Will this person be a good fit on our team? They know who they are. Every company has a corporate culture. Whether you got the straight up regimented military, we know who we are. You got some corporations that, you know, they meditate at 10 and they drinking lemon water at 11. So, you know, they on the fufu. I get it. I love fufu. And then you got some who are like, you know, no limit soldiers. They work all night, all weekend, 24-7, right? So they're just trying to figure out in the room and in that conversation whether or not you're going to fit in with them. And what you should be doing based on the questions is determining whether or not you fit in with them. Do I like these dudes who like getting excited about answering emails at 11 o'clock at night? Do I like it when they're talking about, you know, they, they, they bragging on going on vacation and having their laptops and working all weekend? Do I like that? I mean, maybe you do. Do I want to come in? Do I fit with them? So let's back up one level. You haven't established what you like. You haven't established on the menu what you will and will not put up with. You have not said these are five things. And I want you to write them down. Five things for a job to be acceptable to me. What do I want in my job? I want my money. A lot of it, of course. I want, you know, autonomy. I want time with my kids. It's like, what do you want? So when you walk into the room, it's like, I always talk about Chick-fil-A. Y'all ain't had Chick-fil-A in two years, but I talk about it like I had it last week. I mean, the hot, crispy sandwich, breaded by the hands of Jesus on a brioche butter bowl with two pickles and Chick-fil-A sauce. I mean, I mean, can you see how excited I get? I know how it makes me feel. I know how much joy I'm going to have, and please somebody tell me, how does Chick-fil-A create the wrapper where the chicken stay crispy and the bread don't get soggy, even though it's steaming? Somebody give me their secret. Now, when I walk into Chick-fil-A, I know what I want. I know exactly what I want. Give me the number one crispy chicken sandwich, bread about the hands of Jesus, ma'am. I be smiling. They be like this. <laughs> With a side salad with uh, avocado ranch, two packs of the tortilla strips, and um, I like the pepitos, and let me get a sweet tea. That, that's in, the early, in my early 40s. Now I got to get the dye lemonade or water. But in my early 40s, in my 30s and 20s, I can get the sweet tea with a teaspoon of lemonade in it. Not half and half, not a Shirley Temple not whatever y'all call the, the, the half lemonade, half tea. Ma'am, that's too much. I didn't say a quarter of a cup. I said a splash. Some people don't know what a splash is. South Carolina splash is different than the Georgia splash, different than D.C. splash. So I got to say a teaspoon of lemonade. I just want a splash. Like, boop, I just need a little bit of lemon in my tea. It's delicious. I'm from South Carolina. Now, y'all see, I know what I want. If they bring... The cool chicken salad wrap. I know I didn't order that. I I know how I'm going to feel devastated eating cold chicken when I'm looking for the crispy hot chicken. I know that's not going to do it for me. With the kale salad and the dye lemonade, we're going to have some problems. 
I know how I want to feel. Do you know how you want to feel before you go into the job? That's the problem. Hey, Chris Rutherford here. Forbes has reported that there's going to be a 40% increase worldwide in the number of millionaires by 2023. Is that you or are you going to continue to talk about there's no money in the market? There is plenty of money out here. You just have to figure out how to get it from your jobs and into your pocket. So I want to invite you to get my free case study, how to use the superpower method to ask for and get a 30% raise in the next 90 days without getting another degree. Look, stop getting all these degrees. Go ahead and get this case study at changenowwithchristy.com. It's at no cost. Use the information, get the money that you deserve, and live the life that you desire. Take care. I talk to women who think that their job is going to make them happy. Lie. <laughs> if I get my dream job, I'll be happy. Lie. Now you're depressed on Xanax, drinking a, bo- a box of wine a night. Going to see a therapist. Now talk about you got high function anxiety, high function depression. Because you think that your job is going to create joy for you. Lie. All lies. 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 Okay, let me back up. I was supposed to be teaching today, not yelling. Okay. Everybody breathe. That's a lie. Like, no, never. The job should not be the source of your joy. Your job is not the source of your joy. Your job is not the source of your joy. Your job should not be expected to be the source of your joy. That's why mental health crisis is on the rise and everybody crazy and drinking liquor and you don't nobody want to go into the office. Everybody want to go into the office. Like there's all these things that are going on. But have you said, this is what makes me happy. This is the work that we do, y'all. That's what I do. My clients, we ain't worried about no LinkedIn profile. I don't give a rat's ASS about their resume. I want to know, one, are you crazy? Which most of us are. Two, can we clean that up? And three, can you get clear on how you want to feel? And when you go into the next opportunity, you now know. I told y'all about that pocket of feeling on my Chick-fil-A sandwich. I'm going to walk into a restaurant. I'm going to walk into a job. Does this job give me this feeling that I'm looking for? Can these people satiate my desire for how I want to feel? Or is this out of alignment with how I want to feel? And am I going to compromise how I want to feel to fit into a job and then suffocate in that same job and then silently quit in six months? So when you walk into an interview, they just want to know whether or not they like you. And you're already qualified, but are you sitting in there with passion or do you just have a pulse? Do they have to check to see if you're still conscious? <laughs> right? And I'll be like, you woke? Are you up? Well, are you sitting there? Yes. I mean, you got your, you got your Sunday best on. Yes. I got to check my eyebrows. It'd be taking too long for these things. It's somebody come draw my eyebrows off. But it's like, yes, I have a master's degree in chemical engineering. I have another master's degree in public policy. I have my bachelor's degree from Yale University. Don't nobody care. Don't nobody care. They don't care. Do they like you? you and they know what your resume said. They, yeah, look. 
already. Do we like you? Don't nobody like no pompous in the room. Nobody. Nobody wants a boring woman. No, nobody want nobody with a pulse. And I surely don't want a desperate lioness trying to come up in my in my office. Nope. Now, here's the thing. When I was in the Coast Guard, I mean, I looked at hundreds. I have sat on a million boards to determine if people, we were going to allow people to come into the Coast Guard Direct Commission. Like, we call them off the street. You'll come off the street, come in here. So, I review hundreds of resumes, hundreds of packages when we were determining who looking at people's job qualifications, if they were, we were going to, you know, um, allow them or select them to become officers, right? I've reviewed hundreds, I mean, probably thousands of packages for promotion, for selection, for, you know, entrance. And there were some resumes that I read, I was like, my God, I mean, you know, if I got to look at 300 packages, is is I'm I'm gonna scan it. I, does does your first um, qualifications catch my attention? Now this ain't no resume training, but let me get to it. To make me read the rest of it, there were some people who wrote their stuff. I was like, oh my god, they've done nothing. Flip, and they may have worked the hardest, but they don't know how to take credit for their work. I mean, they may work eighty hours a week and volunteer for everything, but they don't know how to talk about themselves. And then you got the next person who don't do that good, but they know how to talk about themselves. And I call it Steelskins was my one of my favorite books growing up. They can take strong and spin that thing into gold. And I read it, I'll be like, my God, I don't know these people. I, oh, God, this, oh, this. Baby, I'm picking this person. Hearts start beating fast when you read about them. Then when you get into the room, that's, that's the process. You get into the room. I'm trying to see whether or not the passion on this page match the passion with the person that I'm looking at right now. So, did your resume write write this? And I got to look at you, cold fish in the room? No. Mm-mm. That don't match. <laughs> they don't match. That don't, that don't match. Mm-mm. No. Disqualified. I, I have been in interviews after 10 minutes of talking. I stop, I stop asking questions. Women who feel sorry for themselves. I say I don't have no more questions. My friends be sitting there like, because they want to be courteous. I don't care. Hey man, it's lunchtime. I have no more questions. And they be asking questions, trying to be nice to try to drag the thing out for 45 minutes, because that's what we told them. I don't say nothing else after 10 minutes. This is before cell phones, because otherwise I'd have been on YouTube watching myself or something. I ain't had no more questions. I just be sitting there like this. I don't, I don't, I don't want somebody that doesn't trust themselves on my team. How I'm gonna trust you if you don't trust you? Mm. Let me get on my notes. Y'all weren't ready for that. I said that already. So the cost of a bad hire. Is 2.5 times the amount of salary that they're gonna bring into the room uh, or that they're gonna pay to get you. Like they they paid somebody to bring you into that room or get you on that phone or get you on that interview. They have already put in value to see whether or not they're gonna hire you. So y'all come up in an interview. I, I mean, and, and you're not yourself. 
and you create these situations where you pretend to be somebody else and then you fall into the pack of people of who you pretended to be, but that's not who you are. You pretended to be a sheep, but you were lying to us. You go working amongst the sheep, it ain't, it's not going to go good. It's not going to go good. And so, you know, I had one of my clients who um, was sending an interview. Her girl set it up. Her girl talked about it. This is the greatest person since sliced bread. She's qualified. She's this. And everybody's all excited to meet her because they trust this person. This lady brought this lady in the room. It was like, man, look at her qualification. She's great. Set it up. Let me tell y'all something about powerful women. Most, mostly powerful women follow me. And if you don't know if you're powerful, if you follow me, you're powerful. You just, you just may not know. You got to be to be able to listen to all this. But she's sitting in the room. Powerful women set the tone with our energy. We, we vibrate 10,000 watts. But I would say on average, most people 500 to 1,000. We, we're pure power. Whether or not you know it, whether or not it's distorted, whether or not you're trying to hide it, we got the power that will light up a town or burn down a whole village. I mean, you choose how you're using it. That's another podcast. I'm going to stay on this. But when we're in the room, we're setting the tone by just existing in the room. They know pure power is in the room. And so she's kind of stuffy and she's not saying anything. And she's nervous, they nervous. She's vibrating at a very high frequency. She nervous, they nervous. She don't know whether or not they like them. They offset the energy in the room. And so they was about to wrap it up. She was going to lose that gig. And then about midway through, she could hear me yelling. It's a blessing and a curse to hear me speak. Let's be clear. And she cracked a joke. And then she relaxed. And then everybody relaxed. And then they liked her and they hired her 80% increase, 80%, 80%. So it's like when you're sitting in the room trying to determine whether or not they like you, my question is, do you like you? Mm. You're trying to say, I want them to get to know me. Do you know you? That that's the work. Y'all working on the wrong thing. You got a photo shoot. You got a brand, a branding kit. You ain't put one dollar. You got your makeup done, your nails, your hair. You got a three thousand dollar Gucci belt on that can be seen from half a mile away. You have put no investment, time, energy, or money into how you see yourself. You glossing, you flossing. You got your Chanel brooch. Your Chanel brooch on is massive. Don't nobody care about that. I don't care about your Chanel brooch if you're crazy. I don't care. Hey, Chris Rutherford here. I hope that you're enjoying the podcast so far. But what I know that you'll love even more is joining us in our private community. Join us in this private community. Money loves happy people and get live and on-demand insight so you can use this information to live the life that you truly and deserve. 
get a raise and a promotion, no problem. Step into your purpose, no problem. Get the relationship that you deserve, no problem. Look, it's never too late to live the life that you deserve. It's never too late to live a life of total fulfillment. You just need information and inspiration to get on the path to living your greater life. So go ahead again, click on the link on around this video. Join us in our private community and change your life for the best. Take care. See you soon. So if you angry, a victim, you don't have confidence, turn off leaders and lions and lionesses. One day I'm going to teach a class on animal kingdom and leadership. It's going to be great. And let me tell y'all something. Ain't no such thing as a poker face. Just stop. Just stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop the lies. Stop it. Stop. I'm getting chills when I just get angry when I think about y'all acting, walking around acting like y'all David Copperfield or somebody. You know. You know. If you talking to somebody, whether or not they like you, you know it. You have people talking to you, you they be, and they cussing you, cussing you out in their head. You can hear it. Napoleon Hill says the mind is ascending and receiving set. You ever just like thought about somebody, then they called you? You haven't been talking to somebody and you talking to your boss that you can't stand, and he's like, Why are you yelling at me? And you be like, I'm not yelling, Jeff. I don't understand what you're saying. You always accuse me of being angry. I'm not angry. And in your head, you be like, I can't stand you, you mother foo foo, you punk, boop, boop, boop. I'd punch you in your mother foo foo, right? But your face is saying, I don't understand what you're talking about, Jeff. He heard you. He hears your inner voice yelling, regardless of what's coming out your mouth. That's why they be accusing you of yelling and overreacting. You be like, I ain't overreacting in your Beingness, you have already jumped on this person and stopped the hole in them. So stop lying. You angry? The only people who get angry when I call black women angry are angry black women. Period. I said it. Turn it off if you want to. I don't care. Angry black women get infuriated when I call them angry. All I'm doing is telling the truth. Hello? All I'm doing is saying, sis, ma'am, your anger is destroying your peace, it's destroying your health, it's messing up your money and your relationships. I don't care what they did to you. It's not worth it. That's all I'm saying. I used to be angry. I know what an angry black woman looks like. I looked at her in the mirror every day for 20 years. Don't tell me I don't know what an angry sister looks like. I looked at her every day. And when people call me angry, hey, I think uh, y'all go find their body parts in the woods somewhere. They dead. <laughs> I killed them. They dead. <laughs> I still think they're in the closet hiding and crying from what had happened when they called me angry. But I was telling the truth. They were telling the truth. So if you're sitting in the room, table you don't like them they know it what i'm not going to do is invite hell to be on my leadership team 
No. You know, I, I, y'all have my little video with D.L. Hubley shared and everybody's coming for me. And this woman said, well, maybe. I said, I would rather have a hungry white guy on my team than an angry sister or woman any day. I mean, I, the, the, the comments are egregious. They're egregious. I was telling the truth. But, and then some women are like, well, maybe you hire a sister and help her. H-E-L-L, no. No, I'm not. I'm not responsible for that. You crazy? A leader is not responsible for rehabilitating a new hire. Let's be clear. I said it. I'm going to say it. I hope I got loud. I hope y'all heard me. What I am not responsible for as a black woman is to invite another angry sister on my team and rehabilitate her. That is not my responsibility as the hiring manager or as a leader. Not my responsibility. Not going to happen. Never, ever, ever. Never. Ain't no way I'm going to invite hell on my team. I need harmony. I need harmony. Y'all got like it. It's true. I'm not going to do it. I'm not. Whether I'm going through it or whether I'm in peace, what I need is somebody who's effective, who's going to come in here and get the work done. And I'm not going to have to fight a wildcat every day. It's not. And I've said it a million times, y'all. Your job is not responsible for your mental health. Your leaders are not responsible for your mental health. I see all these articles that talk about managers should be responsible for their employees' mental health. Managers are suffering too. Let's be clear. Leaders are suffering too. Leaders got problem twos. We're problems too. We're not riding around on magic carpets. Life be lifing for us too. Life is lifing. We humans too. And what we're not going to do is invite conflict on the team. Never. Let me get back to my point. Call me what y'all want to. I don't care. I'm telling the truth. Ain't nobody. Even woman or man. I have had, I can tell a story now, I guess it's been 12 years, but I had 12, I mean, you know, I wrote a book about it. I never published it. It was so good. It's called Leadership Character. But, you know, do you, do you know you can't fire military people? I fired four men on my team because they didn't like me and, and, and they wouldn't get in alignment because I'm trying to create a culture of harmony and high performance. And if you can't get in alignment with harmony and high performance, you got to bust up out of here. And I was like, all right, um, you can't, you have proven not to be a leader. And so uh, I never want to see you again. They were like, what? (laughs) You can't fire a military person. You got to wait for their contract to run out or they got to resign. I was like, I don't care what you do. You can go sit at home for the next three months and collect the check. All I know is this. I never want to see you again. And what you can't do is come back and lead this team because you've proven not to be a leader. They be standing in, in my face, cussing me out in their head and in their face. I see it. I know they hate my guts. So I can't fire you, uh, but you can go on about your destiny. I don't care if you watch Jared. I told her, dude, what am I supposed to do? I don't care if you go home and watch more Povich every day. You still get paid. You do what you want to do, but don't come back here. So it's like, 
if I'm sitting in an interview and I'm watching this person scowl, like they can't stand me and they don't know whether or not they want to work with me. Why would I hire you? Ain't no way. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. And I probably can say that better. I'm not. There is no freaking way. You feel sorry for yourself? Your problems cannot come over here and be my problems. I'm not going to inherit a problem child at the entrance. You showing me exactly who you are. Dr. Maya Angelou said when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. You showing me who you are right now. Uh Uh-uh, she can't come over here. That's not my job. It is not my job to rehabilitate you. Mm -mm. Nobody. I don't care who you are. All right. I got notes. Let me stay on my notes. All right. So number one was, I forgot. Number two, clarity. (laughs) How can you help them solve their problems? Can you clearly articulate what you can do for them? They just want to know whether or not you can solve their problems. Can you clearly articulate how you can add value to their team with your unique selling proposition? What makes you unique? Why are you different from the other five people that they interviewed? Right? You're already qualified. You don't have to downplay who you are to get into the door. They they want you. They paid. Look, y'all. They have paid money for you to be in that room. They have already invested money to get you in there to see whether or not they're going to hire you. Did you know that? They have invested resources, time, money, energy. They want to fill a gap to stop the people who are doing this work that's not being done by you from complaining and quitting. They need you. You don't need them. They need you. Can you clearly talk about who you are? Or are you going to fall into a ditch and hope they feel sorry for you? I don't feel sorry for nobody. I have compassion. I don't have pity. I have love. I don't have fear. I know that when a woman knows exactly who she is and she can tell you who she is without flickering. Oh, oh, I want her on my team. Man or woman. Right? So it's like, can you clearly articulate How you can help them solve their problems. They're looking for somebody to help them solve their problems. Are you going to come in to be a problem? Or are you going to help them solve their problems? All right. Last one. I couldn't couldn't figure out what to call it because I was trying to keep them into, into three C's. The third one is crack. How long before you crack? How long? How long before your face that you painted on crack off and they see who you really are? Ooh. Y'all see my part when I put my head down. Oh, Lord. How long before your life falls apart and they see who you really think you are? That's the problem. Do you know who you are? Do you know how great you are? Or are you pretending to be? Talk about you got the imposter syndrome. Who hide behind the mask then? The loser? The woman who ain't going to mount to much? 
The woman who will never be nobody? The woman who everybody turned against? The woman who's been in survival mode and ain't never learned how to thrive? The woman who made it and ran through brick walls and fire and hell to be in a senior leadership position who now made it and don't know that she made it? So now she's still desperate even though she got $500,000 in the bank? The woman who feels unlovable? The woman who feels like the world is against her? Who, who behind the mask? How long before you crack? Hey, Chris Rutherford here. I hope that you are enjoying this podcast as much as we loved putting it together for you to share insight to make your life better. Now, did you get your copy of my resume course, How to Use a Superpower Method to Write an Irresistible Resume to Land You a High-Paying Job? Look, even if you have somebody write your resume for you, how do you know whether or not it sucks? <laughs> and did you give them the information to be able to write a great resume or did you hope that they were going to spend gold out of something that you gave them that wasn't that good? So get this course, not just to write your own resume, but to be able to provide resume writers with what they need to adequately tell your story so you can get paid the money that you desire and deserve. So go ahead and click on the link on around this video, get this course, use it, and get paid what you deserve. It's less than $50. I mean, come on, just get the course and use it. See you soon. There was this um, um, sister. Y'all, y'all, oh my God. I love my sisters. Y'all be rallying behind the wrong people. Y'all rallying behind the people who feed into your insecurities and the lies that the world should be different. I'm not saying that it should not be different. It should. But if the chessboard is laying amongst me and in front of me, either I'm going to learn how to play chess, I'm going to get off the candy land board and stop playing Monopoly, and I'm going to come over here and learn how to play chess. If you want to be in the game of chess, and if you want to be in leadership, either you learn how to play the game and get out the game. If you hate the game, get out the game. It's, it's the chess, the chessboard is right there. It's, the game ain't changed. The game is the same. Either you're gonna learn how to play chess, we're not playing checkers. I don't care how much you beat the draw, I don't care how many signs you put up. I don't care how many dissertations that you write on LinkedIn that we should change the game from chess to checkers. The game is chess. Either you will learn how to move amongst the board or you're going to be moved. Either you're going to learn how to play the game of chess or you're going to lose. You can't say, I don't want to play and then complain that you're losing. You can't say, I don't want to do office politics. Okay, great. Stay over there and lose then. You can't say, I don't know, I don't want to know, and I don't care about it. Great, stay over there and lose. Because what you can't do is come over here and, and, and change the game that's already been set. I mean, you could try. But is it easier to just learn how to play the, play the DAM game than it is to write, you know, I don't know, the World Chess Federation and ask them to change a couple of the pieces for you? You choose where you're going to spend your time. I don't know how I got on that. Okay, so. Oh, yeah, now I know. So, okay. So, this lady had up a sign that said, uh, it don't take 12 interviews. Yes, it does. 
ain't going to smoke you out. When they start smoking, who going to run out? Huh? If, if you know who you are and you comfortable who you are, you be sitting there and smoking, smoke everywhere. You still be sitting there and when smoke clear, you're there because you're whole with yourself. The two people on this earth that have agreed are you and you. You, I don't really need this job. I'll see whether or not I like y'all. Y'all gonna pay me my money. I know exactly who I am, what value I can add to this team and what I can do. Y'all can smoke all you want to. I wash my hair when I get home as long as you got my money. When the smoke clears, the same person is sitting there. But if they start blowing smoke and rats start running out of squirrels, because you don't know who you are, they going to smoke you out by the sixth interview. They be like, she done. Her face cracked. Her crazy showed up. Her desperation showed up. Am I yelling? It's like at the higher levels, Two hundred thousand and above. If you if you if you apply for a sixty five thousand dollar job, I guess it's one interview. They hit it and quit it. It's they're not gonna lose that much money if if, if you leave. It's only sixty five thousand dollars. You multiply that times two point five. They can find somebody else. There's a lot of people competing for the sixty five thousand dollar jobs and less eighty five thousand dollars. And you know they wide open. But if you want to come over here and get the two, three, four, five, six hundred thousand dollars, oh they gonna have they gonna blow smoke. Okay. They trying to figure out whether or not they like you and do you like you and whether or not everybody else is going to work with you and for you, whether or not they like you too. So it does take 12 interviews. Everybody's like, no, it don't. Yes, it do. Yes, it do. They just trying to see whether or not you like you. So <clears throat> I like at what point is the real you going to come out? We're the real slim shady. Please stand up. Please stand up. Please stand up. Is your real person going to come at, at interview number six as, as they put on like, because you're going to wear yourself out tap dancing, trying to be who you're not. Your dress going to rip. So companies that hire at the senior levels, they like to court you. They they not a one hit quitter. They're not coming to get it in and then leave. They're not going to leave $50 on the dresser. When they done. Did y'all like that analogy? It's like they, they want to know. They want to date you. They want to court you. They want to keep you for the long term. 2.5 times. If they hire you at 300, it's like $750,000 that they're going to lose if you walk out the door in six months. They're not, they not going to do that. They're not playing them games. So one of my clients, we took her for in four months from 210 to 6, 635. Triple her salary in four months. She was already worth 635. She was over here just in a toxic work environment working around the wrong people. She interviewed with 25 people. She was the same person through all of them. She met everybody. <laughs> At $600,000, oh, they... That's like what? $1.4 million if she leave? My man probably off. But it's like she meant everybody. And they all loved her because she was the same person. In person in interview number five, talking to, talking to the people in interview number one, they talking about the same person. They're not talking about which mask you put on that day. They're not talking about which one of your bills you worried about paying. 
They're not talking about which which one of your imposters has showed up. Imposter syndrome ain't real, by the way. It's just you not knowing who you are and owning how great you are. If the people in the last interview talk to the people in the second interview, they're talking about the exact same woman. Ain't nothing crack on her. She's pleasant. She knows who she is. She can clearly articulate what she does. She has peace and harmony with herself. So, of course, she can create peace and harmony with it. A woman who's at war with herself will create war with everybody she talks to, including the people at work. Ain't no way I'm going to invite a woman who's at war with herself on my team so she can be in war with me. Nope. It ain't my job to rehabilitate you, sis. I'm not doing it. I ain't doing it. That ain't my job. I ain't at war. I'm in harmony. So, um, at the end, the recruiter was like, hey, what did y'all think? They were like, we loved her. They was like, hey, man, now y'all petty. Y'all not people petty. People petty. <laughs> Everybody got feedback. I mean, you look at Amazon. You look at all these reviews. I mean, people got feedback. And they said, look, all y'all can't like her. Why did they all like her? Because she was comfortable with herself. And so you got to say something. You got to give me something negative. Everybody, can, y'all, it can't all be positive. I never brought you anybody where it was all positive. And one of them said, you know what? Okay, you want something negative? You know, she might have been a little too confident. So the recruiter comes back and said, okay. Uh, somebody said, you might be a little too confident. You might want to watch that. She said, i tell you what. If my confidence bothers you, this may not be the right place for me to work. Did y'all catch that? Because what she's not going to do is come in and distort her power to make other people comfortable. She's not going to do that no more. She has a relaxed intensity. She's intense. She's a queen. But she's chilling. She ain't fighting nobody. She's not fighting herself. She ain't harming. What she's not going to do is come in and adjust who she is to fit in with the people that she's working with. She said, that might, this might not be the best job for me. If y'all go back to my first analogy, she and Chick-fil-A, they say, well, will you become a burger for us? She said, ain't no way. I'm not doing that. I'm not. Hey, burger King, have it your way. You better get a burger because I'm a delicious fried crispy chicken sandwich breaded by the hands of Jesus. On a brioche, brioche bun, butter brioche bun with two pickles. She said, I'm not, I'm not, this may not be a great opportunity for me. And they said, no, 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 no. We like you even more now. Come on here and sign this 3X of your salary and let's get you in the door. Hey, Chris Rutherford here. If you want to learn how to get a 30% raise this year without getting another degree, go ahead and get my free case study. And get this information. Use it. You can go to changenowwithchristy.com. Changenowwithchristy.com. It's about 30 minutes. Use the insight. Own your value and get paid what you desire and deserve. Take care. See you soon. Are you comfortable with who you are? Can you believe in how great you are? And can you hold true to that throughout the process of being interviewed? And it's not whether or not do people like you, do you like you? It's not whether or not how much they're going to pay you, what is your value? That's the work, y'all. And it's like 
you know, I, I, I mean, I have clients. I used to be angry. I didn't know I was that angry until I got better. Then my friends told me. One of them was like, Chris, I see you coming. I said, run. You know, <clears throat> a part of being uh, angry, and I know y'all hate it, but it is true. It's like a lot of, you, you know, y'all have a y'all have a right to be angry, but you don't. I'm not saying that things ain't happening. I'm not saying that everything ain't popping off, but you, you can't be angry all the time. It's exhausting. I mean, I almost, I mean, I, I developed an autoimmune disease. I developed arthritis and had a handicap sign for six months because of my anger and my rage. Right? Like it, my rage crippled me, put me almost in a wheelchair. Un- uncontrollable anger had me leave my good government check. Uncontrollable rage left me with 27 debilitating medical conditions. I had headaches, my ears were ringing, my stomach was messed up, I had anxiety, my heart was beating fast, my stomach was ridiculous, right? Like, I, I get it. Florence Goldwell Shin said, it's not a matter of what's the matter with you, is who's the matter with you. Unforgiveness is the most prolific cause of disease. She said that in 1936. James Allen in 1899 said, anxiety quickly demoralizes the body and leaves it open to disease and decay. And so I talked to so many women who, who are so freaking angry that and, and, and you deny it, but it's, it's on your face, sis. It's, it's in your beingness. That will lock every door of opportunity to you, not just for people wanting to be around you. It will destroy your health. It destroys your relationships. It destroys your opportunity. Money loves happy people. You can't receive good things walking around with like a a, a battle cat attitude that you got to fight the world. You got to stop fighting and start flowing. And the last thing before we get out of here, y'all ask me some questions. I would love to answer your questions. I got to put my glasses on to see them though. So a couple months ago, I was um, went on a cruise with this real estate mastermind. I'm sitting at we're sitting there having coffee before we got on the airplane, and this lady was sitting right beside me, and she was looking me right in my face. I know, Crystal, you're gonna love this. Listen up. <laughs> she said, "Christy, am I angry?" I was like, "Uh-uh, we're not doing that today." Hey, <clears throat> ma'am. Cause do you know who I am? Cause uh, I'm not. I I'm not. Hey, don't ask me nothing that you don't want to know the truth about. I don't know how to lie, sugarcoat. I'm I'm incapable of it. I refuse. She, she was like, I want to know. I was like, ain't no way. Nope. I ain't come here for that. Uh uh-uh, uh, sis. You ain't come here to extract my intellectual property. I'm just, I just came here to drink the coffee and eat the egg white bites from Starbucks. I ain't come here for that. She said, No, I want you to tell me because ain't nobody else gonna tell me. If I'm angry, I was like, my God, I asked her three times. I almost pulled out a contract to make her sign it. Cause I know I was gonna hurt her feelings. <laughs> I should walk around with an electronic document and be like, do you really want to know the truth? And will you not hold me accountable for getting your feelings hurt? Um, and I said, I asked her three times. That's, that's my magic number. And I said, no, you're not angry. You hopeless. That's even worse than being angry because anger is at least you fighting. 
You don't even fight no more. You done gave up. You laying at the bottom of the ocean talking about glub, glub. If the ocean is here, people who fighting, at least you right here, you still fighting to come see the light. You, I mean, you, you know, you jump on somebody, you're going to jump on their back. At least you're fighting to try to get to the top. I, I don't prefer fighting to hopeless. I said, no, you're not angry. You're hopeless. Why did that camera mess up? Hold on. She was like, and I said, and you have a reason to be at the bottom of the ocean. You, you've been through a lot. And, um, you know, and, and you're weighed down by everything that you've been through. I'm not saying that you ain't been through nothing, sis. I'm not saying that you're justified in, in why you feel the way that you do. I'm not saying that you haven't experienced tremendous, tremendous trauma and experiences in your life. But you're still at the bottom of the ocean. Weighed down with balls and chains. And you got the keys in your hand to be able to forgive these people and drop this stuff and come on up on dry land and get your life. So while, while I close, I want y'all to know that don't get the courage to live when you're about to die. Don't wait till you end up in a hospital with a, with a, with a medical condition before you be like, oh, D.A.M., I spent the last 10 years of my life chasing a raggedy job when I could have got a dream life. Don't, don't spend your life mad at what happened 10, 20, 15 years ago and they don't understand how walking around in that energy blocks everything that you really want in life and you secretly desire that blocks love that blocks jobs it blocks money it blocks friendships and so i beat her in the head you asked and so then they were like well you know we're gonna get this real estate thing and we're gonna be rich and she's like well i'm gonna change i said it i don't care if you have 200 million dollars worth of real estate your beingness is the same you can be gucci down to the socks and she was amazing shout out to you gucci down to the shot to the socks you can have a massive 200 million dollar real estate portfolio you're you have not decided to change your beingness all you're talking about is your money who cares about your money and your clothes and your houses when you're hopeless? Seeking the money, clothes, and houses is not going to change the baggage that you're dragging around. Release the baggage and the money and the houses will come to you. Doors will open for you that no man can shut. God will release the blessings that he has for you, but he can't get them to you because you're at the bottom of the ocean holding on to what happened to you 10, 15, 20 years ago. Don't nobody care. I can't change what I had for breakfast this morning. Let it go. It's not fair. Whew. I'm done. <laughs> I don't know how long I've been Okay, nobody had any questions because I'm about to get off the line. Okay, I've been here for an hour. All right, y'all. Uh, let me see. All right, nobody has any questions. All right, y'all. So I hope that y'all have enjoyed this episode of Money Loves Happy People. 
um, <clears throat> why you can't get past the interview is not what you think it is. Y'all already know what to do. Y'all already know. Y'all, y'all have read the books. Y'all have watched the YouTube videos. Y'all have watched everything. Y'all know what to do. Nobody's telling y'all the truth. The small sliver of what's happening. Actually, it's not even it's not even a big sliver. The bigger elephant in the room that don't nobody want to talk about. How do you get back into the workforce after 10 years in business? All right, right. How do you get back into the workforce after 10 years in business? Talk about who you are. Write down all the great things that you've done in your 10 years of business. Even if you failed, you learned something. You don't have to talk about the failure. Talk about the lessons. What have you gained in that 10 years of business? And now how can you use that to go help somebody else solve their problems? There's more experience in failure than it is in winning. But what you don't know about people who win is that they fail more times than they won. A lot more times, right? So it's if, if you created a barrier, then there is one. If you think that you got to sequentially move up the ladder, then you do. That's not true. Now we all seen people catapult. We've gotten women three levels up in the same organization, right? If you think that companies don't want you, companies don't want you. If you think that you can't break into corporate, you can't break into corporate. If you think that your 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 intellectual property, your skills have no value, your intellectual property skills have no value. It's all in how you see yourself. And y'all can't get can't keep can't keep getting mad at people who see value in their trinkets when you're walking around with a whole trunk of gold. Oh, that was good. Ooh, where do I get this stuff from? <laughs> you can't be mad that people selling their trinkets. At a high value, you got a whole truck of gold that you put on clearance. So how you see yourself. So, all right, y'all, I'm late for my meeting. Blessings, everybody. <laughs>